from that church, extra protection, they had convinced her daughter, against the ghosts. Leaving the child behind was part of that, too. Her daughter had dreaded when that day would come for her own daughter, when the earth would seem to shake, and she would pass out and wake up with her gifts. Except they had not been gifts to Odette's only child. The entire world's pains had become her own. She could not read or write or even listen to the classical music she loved without intruding voices. We were going to the beach, Odette heard herself say. Before the earth began to shake, she and the child were standing in the kitchen eating bread covered with grapefruit marmalade and talking about taking a trip to the beach. They both loved going to the beach, especially since the child's mother had left. Odette's daughter used to love going to the beach, too. There at the beach, between swims, they danced to the blasting compas music of the other beachgoers' boomboxes. The music, like everything else, was in their bodies. But now Odette couldn't dance to it. Instead, waves of silence filled her. Her heart was pounding faster than normal. She wanted to scream, but she couldn't. She closed her eyes and felt the child's hand on her face. The child's voice still sounded far away. At moments, she thought they were both still standing in the kitchen eating their sweet bread, sobbing. She closed her eyes again and clenched her teeth. Her body felt like it was being pricked by thousands of needles. Her granddaughter's voice became clear for a second. Then Odette saw what was pinning them both to the floor. A large cement beam the size of two kitchen chairs was on her lap and on the girl's head. Her granddaughter was completely drenched with blood. It was like when they played monster and the child covered her entire body with a sheet. Odette wanted to tell the little girl that she loved her. She wanted to laugh and tease her about not being a convincing enough monster. But something stabbed her in her coccyx area and flushed her head once again with darkness. She envisioned herself walking on the beach with both her daughter and granddaughter while eating ripe mangoes. In her ancestral village in the southeast, they raced each other by a stream of red and violet flowers. We can get to the child, she heard a voice say. It finally registered that the voices belonged to some men who were helping to pull her out from underneath the concrete. The child is in pieces, she heard another say. Continue to be brave, another said. We're going to get you out. While those voices were instructing her, the pain spread from the center of her back and rapidly shot up through her entire body. She was still unable to scream. She would later remember being raised by many hands, then placed on the ground with a small cushion behind her head. When she reopened her eyes, multiple heads were standing in a dark circle over her. A car came, a black, shiny 1970 Peugeot, pulled by two muscular Andalusian horses. Horses? Where could horses go in a broken city?
They would ride over the cobalt blue ocean of her daughter and granddaughter's favorite beaches and their perfectly spaced coconut and palm trees. In the tent clinic, she smelled the rubbing alcohol as they poured it on the gashes on her leg, but she felt nothing. Around her, she heard people groaning and screaming, Ma Mouri, I'm dying. It was as if they were all swimming in a pool of fire. When she woke up from another bout of sleep, she was in a massive white tent surrounded by doctors speaking to each other in Spanish. She remembered the bright smile of one young girl, like her rose. She couldn't have been more than five years old, as she lifted her stumped left arm. Alone, dementia, she heard someone say, but otherwise okay. Dust was still blanketed.